Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 7th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episode is going to be focused around exploring game genres, and this particular episode is, well, this this week is going to be a bit of a different week. Uh, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, man, uh, we have a episode in the uh, the back burner that we're going to push out on monday that is that you by the time you hear this you'll already figure this out i just realized that anyways mm-hmm. for I those think it's pretty funny that yeah, you started I, it anyway. yeah so i'm like you in live chat right, for those of us this in live chat be different bleh, um i'm just gonna keep this in because i don't i don't even care it's fine but uh Bloopers are fine we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a different mix up this week so this is the only episode that we're gonna actually record on stream uh, the other episode we have recorded prior to that, uh, and I really encourage anyone who's in live chat to go ahead and be sure to download that one because that one's going to be talking about the Destiny Community Artist uh, group with uh, Salty Cat Plays, and it was a really fun conversation. But mm-hmm. um, before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the pigeon-feeding green-eyed music lover. Is that? It's an em- it's an it, emote. Is that before or after you got your Python? About the same time, actually. Okay. I right, hit cool. level ninety nine at the same time as finishing Python. It was in the same match of Gambit. So you're gonna so. you're gonna lure the pigeons in and feed them to the Python. Got it. Sure. Okay, I, I mean have, that's it's pigeons. I still that's have what my dust blues for. on instead, but you know it's fine. <laughs> that's not what you use pigeons for. That's totally you use uh, them as to send you messages about top three. <laughs> Another thing you'll learn about on Wednesday when you fact- actually get that download. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, so that being said, this one, this one, I think, I think this is going to be probably very common for the first weeks. Is uh, we're really just trying to probably use these as casual. I mean, we cut, we're starting to call them let's chats. That's going to be kind of the formal name that we're taking with these this mini series or the sub series i don't know what you want to call it but um so we'll run we'll i don't i don't you know what i don't even know if i'm gonna we do housekeeping have... notes like i don't even know yeah. if we need to do that uh like like i said we're gonna be talking about different game genres game designs uh and really what that kind of goes in line with our top three this week uh the top three you know we talked about games that we haven't played. Uh, my thought process for this particular episode was actually exploring the games uh, that we have played and like actually what is something that we 
we want to like what we look for in games like you know i have a very strong conviction or i have a very strong degree of i know what type of game i like playing and i kind of you know again because i have such a limited time i gravitate towards that game type pretty strongly um and i'm sure green i know our mod team has had similar we've had conversations with i've had conversations with pretty much everyone that i've had conversations with the gaming about we've had this has come up it's like what do you like playing you know what do you mm-hmm. what do you look for in a game is it a fighting game is it a you know an action game um and real quick you know kind of uh to to standardize the conversation to kind of put some terms out there uh when i talk about genres i'm gonna i am referring to uh pretty much the the industry standards uh and so that definition just to be clear uh is it's the genre for video games is defined by the set of gameplay challenges and it's actually classified independently of the game setting or game world content uh so that being said the genre of various games is very often it overlaps with other uh with other genres um and the other thing that is important is that as with all case as with all cases of genre classifications the matter of a specific game's genre is often open to subjective interpretation which translates into individual games uh, will often belong to multiple genres at once now you also have what's referred to as subgenres um, mm-hmm. which that gets that starts getting very granular very quickly so I'm, I'm not really going to go down that rat or that rabbit hole um, so predominantly the the following genres are kind of the recognized air quote there recognized genres in the gaming world uh you have action adventure fighting platform puzzle racing role playing shooter simulation sports strategy and then miscellaneous um an interesting one that actually has taken off really recently is what's called idle or incremental gaming um that's basically trimps, which is fascinatingly addicting. Uh, but uh, so there's there's not a lot of uh, percentage or there's not a lot of stats on idle and incremental gaming because it's a fairly Wait, recent is, development. Is that the one where you basically set it? To yes. Do so whatever so it is and you just walk away. Pretty much. So uh, idle incremental gaming is like this weird niche game type that. It's yeah, like uh, AFK Arena uh, is yeah. Wicked's talking about that. Um, so what? What you'll often it's like uh, Idle Tycoon. Uh, a lot of mobile games will have this, uh, but um, it's basically where you, the game continues when you're not there. Yeah, you just set it yeah. up and walk away. Uh, and so what you'll do is you'll like you'll you'll have like some involvement in the beginning. You'll set it up and you're like you know I want to do I want to create a widget 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 and like eventually you get to a point where you can upgrade your widget maker to automatically create widgets and so and then it's basically like it's just oh my gosh it's it's it sounds really dumb but at the same time it it like satisfies that that just really base need to watch numbers go up like (laughs) trimps especially trimps is the dumbest thing in the world but i've not gonna lie i had i played that game for like months and the thing is is it's it takes like no time like it's literally you just like you know check on it when you when you walk by and you're done 
So it's got like it, it's really nice for those of us who don't have time to sit there and play games, but you also still get the satisfaction of like, oh hey, my number's in the billions now. And they start making up numbers because <laughs> you get to like quintillions and quadrazillions and quadrabajabajillions. <laughs> oh good lord! <laughs> it's oh my god! So it's it's uh oh so I had I had to include it in there, but um but the interesting thing to go back so like. I, I found this fascinating, but like in 2019, it's it's currently estimated that over 80% of digital spending in 2019 was for free to play games. That does not surprise me in the least bit. No, I mean, like, With- like when I sat there for a second and thought about it, it's not a huge, like, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I mean, that's of digital, total digital right. spending. I mean, you have to think about how in, I'm trying to remember where in Europe, was it England that had the law passed about um, loot boxes? Well, yeah, because... How uh, it's considered gambling? EU, EU and uh, EU China. did it. China's doing it, too. Yes. I mean, gaming has become such a huge financial monster that countries don't know how to handle what's actually going on anymore. Right. Which is interesting. Well, and then... And th- Okay, go for it, go for it. No, you go for it. I was going to say, um, for 2018, the percentage for genre breakdown, uh, action. Action was 29% of the sales in 2018 for games was action genres. Uh, shooters was actually only 13%, which, you know, I love how... And action action is a very broad, broad thing. I mean, shooter is a pretty broad thing, too. But, I mean... Shooter and sports games were tied for the percentage of sales, and action was Which like doesn't surprise not me. at all, not at all. Role playing was just below at twelve percent, but shooter and uh, sports were thirteen percent. Um, now, I'm curious the if you did the breakdown of yeah. the games and what falls under what, what or yeah. if they fall under similar things. Like Destiny would fall under shooter, it would fall under adventure, it'd fall under action. Mm-hmm. Although it may not fall under adventure depending on their definition. It's right. just the industry standards are really loose yes. in some ways. And like I said, they're all subjective. So this is, you know, I think I want to say this was this wasn't Game Informer, but it was another one of the bigger ones. But yeah, I mean, like it's just like to me looking at um, looking at the breakdown of the digital. And actually, now that I'm saying this, uh, back when Crucible Radio was still Crucible, I think they're what is it at at everyone now is I think is their podcast name now. But anyways, they did an episode. Uh, Birds had done an episode on following the money of gaming Mm -hmm. and it's seriously one of the best episodes that i've listened to that talks about the business side from a very unbiased uh perspective he i mean he just basically lays out like this is what like this is how business is applied here Um, right how you run a business in gaming it's it's very eye-opening if you have not listened to it let me know um i will i will try to find I don't think we're going to do show notes, but uh, if you if you want to if you want to in, if you want to listen to that, just ping me on Discord or on uh, Twitter, and I will get it to you because it's it's seriously it's one of the best episodes that I've listened to talking about business in gaming. Um, Goldman Sachs has an entire sub podcast that's dedicated to like different uh, investments, and there's a large percentage of those episodes that talks about gaming. Because it's you think such, about it's major just, yeah. 
It's a powerhouse now. And you think about major publications, Forbes. Forbes has its own gaming. Like, they have their own reporters for gaming. Just not not even just Destiny, but, like, other games, too. It's a major thing. I know somebody who, that was their dream, was to be a video game reporter. And now he travels across the country, and that's what he does. That is his gig. And it confuses the snot out of his parents, who I actually know a lot better than him. (laughs) Which is hilarious to me. Um... (laughs) But what do you do for life? Fact, I play video games and talk about them. What do you want yeah, from me? And, but that's look at our industry that we're in in so many ways. And I say us as in content creators. Mm-hmm. The tw- the idea of Twitch is not that old in the grand scheme of things. Like it's only what maybe eight ten eight to ten years old at this point. Yeah. It's been out as long as Destiny has and a few years before that. And then you have other streaming platforms like Mixer and whatnot where they're making multi-million deals with content creators to switch platforms. Yeah, uh, it says I mean, you, Twitch launched in 2011 and at launch it had close to 3.2 million unique visitors per month. And by 2012, the site grew to 20 million per month. Which is, a, like, that's nine years. Nine years. And now, I mean, we had Ninja move over. That was a huge, big oh, mixer, thing yeah. as far as... Yeah, I mean, that was a multi-million dollar deal. And then um, recently, uh, Overwatch League, which started mm-hmm. out on Twitch with just four people who were doing... Just organizing their own little thing on Twitch. They have a deal with Bungie... Or not Bungie, um, Blizzard... And they just switched over to YouTube permanently. They did a deal with YouTube. They haven't released the numbers on it, but they're exclusively on YouTube now. So it's the fact that it's major deals like this, where it feels like esports has taken off way more because of the development of the Twitch platform type thing where you have the live streams and actually can see them up close instead of having to go to like a convention center. It's pretty crazy once you think about it and so the development of games in general has shifted i feel from a very at home um solo experience to a cooperative shared experience even if it may not be a cooperative game you still oftentimes are in a party with somebody else or you need aspects of the game to be completed with somebody else right well and i mean i think that's a good you know good kind of jump to is to like look at the evolution of games you know it's yeah like it, I, I mean like so like as games have changed though i've i mean i've personally found that my interest in like specific game types or game genres if you want to go that way like you know what i look for in a game is has not really changed significantly mm-hmm. um and so I'm just I'm actually I'm going to use that kind of as a springboard like I mean when you like when yeah. green when you look at games like what what aspect do you primarily pay attention to within the genres or the design like what's what's something that like stands out in your decision of like not necessarily am I going to try this but like once you have tried it like what makes you stick around with that game It's changed over the years I'll tell you that um there is a that satisfaction of the difficulty level to reward level 
that I really get drawn into um, Destiny with that looter shooter type thing. Borderlands was a huge one for me. I played a ton of Borderlands 1 and 2. But it's, I don't know, there's the accomplishment factor or the it's a challenge that is just out of reach rather than being brutal out of reach. Like Dark Souls did not jive with me. I tried it. I played maybe two or three hours of it and just got so stinking frustrated that I was like, this isn't fun. This is not my game. This is not my kind of game. I don't care. So I I like looter shooters that give you that incremental accomplishment feeling. And starting out, I was way more into solo play where it wasn't necessarily a shooter game. It could be like Elder Scrolls and Oblivion where I had to figure out a way to beat the mechanics of the game somehow. Um, Whether it was creating magic rings or whatever to basically cheat my way through. Because, God, I don't know. What I look for now, the start of it, when I'm looking on shelves, artwork, (laughs) then story. If I'm pulled into the game from the story perspective right away, that helps a ton. If it's a story that I don't care about, if it's not relatable or just too far out there, I just don't want to. I don't know. What about you? So I'm an I'm an adamant solo player. Um, <laughs> like I I have I've I'm the crotchety old person who just doesn't want to deal with people. <laughs> like, it's so funny. It cracks me that up sometimes. That is accurate. You know I mean, on so I mean, I, it's just it really is. Like I just. I love role-playing games. Like, I love RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, like, you know, I'm a huge fan of, like, No Man's Sky, uh, which is literally just an, it's it's open world. It's just, you can, you can get lost or you can not get lost. You can, you can do, you know, it's really just, it's, it's really just an escape. Um, like, I'm also a big fan of, like, puzzle games. Uh, yeah. Like. God of War. Yeah, God of War, but I mean, like even simpler ones, like Mahjong. Like I love yeah, like mobile mobile Mahjong games. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for them. Like I'll I'll download or them. Number games. Um, number game like Sudoku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recently discovered that Microsoft has their Solitaire Suite on mobile apps, so that's been dangerous uh, because that ties into my Xbox account. So so I'm still getting uh, um, achievement points. For oh Xbox gosh. Live, but I'm not playing on my Xbox. It cracked me up. I was like, when I found that out the other day, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, ah. do you remember the? It was on Windows. It was the pinball game. Yes, we were talking about I this the other day. The snot out of that game. The one like, that was, that was the one that was amazing. hidden in the office suite. Uh huh. Yep. And yep. That was a great one. And you talk about like just watching numbers go up. Oh, that, God. that desire yeah. to see we that were, was a game that that's all that was no joke we were actually talking about that at the office the other day because i was doing something i'm i'm like a, the unofficial beta tester for some of our like more random programs mostly because okay. I, i'm really good at breaking stuff um mm-hmm. and so they're like yeah that if you stress also it also like, doesn't surprise uh, me yeah well i'm i'm the person that's like what happens if you click this button we don't know okay click <laughs> i'm like why not touch (laughs) touch (laughs) but but i was talking to him and i'm like 
do you still have pinball in here? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the pinball game in Word. Like, you know, the the thing, and it's just, they're like, no, that does not exist anymore. I was like, oh, that makes me sad. It was sad. an amazing game. I was like, it was the best way to sneak a game in ever. Yeah. I think it was, I just, yeah, Windows it XP. It actually got me Windows interested XP in playing normal, normal pinball. Like, there's actually a, a, a barcade in town and oh, it has pinball nice. it has a, it's amazing and you you pay by the ounce oh not to be on a total what yeah so you get a wristband when you first come in you, you give them a credit card which is like your tab essentially you get a wristband and from there you can go and fill up a glass your own glass with whatever uh adult beverage you would like and then go use the same wristband because you have to use the wristband to charge your account to play the games. You don't have to use quarters. So hmm. it's all, it's so nice. That's, it's such. That's both very nice and very dangerous. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. Like I, any time I've been in there, I've been in there a few times and I've spent maybe a grand total of $12 per time partially because I'm not a huge drinker and mm. the games are still quarter 50 cent games depending on the, the machine. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's... So, yeah, it's actually a really nice little afternoon event. But, yeah, so... So, yeah, I mean, like, my... Development of games. My, yeah, my, my like, my interest is really, it's it's kind of along, I mean, not a surprise, it's along the same lines as yours. Um but I like I like being able to really get immersed in the game world and like you know whether that is in in like with Destiny it's like you know researching the actual story which is why like to be honest with Destiny uh, playing the game is not actually my draw uh, my draw is understanding what's going on in it like I'm I'm a huge sucker and this is probably stems back from my extended time spent with like tabletop RPGs and you know helping DM those those worlds. Um, I love reading and learning uh, about the world and the logic of the different worlds and how things work and, you know, the world building aspects of those and the stories within the world building. Um, that being said, also like with No Man's Sky, you know, part of the draw there is like it's so immensely immersive. Like I, I can literally just get sucked in because you just you can play whatever you want and it's so connected to like what you can do in real life where it's like, I want to go over here and you know, with open worlds, that's, that's one of the reasons I love Skyrim and oblivion. Um, because it's like, okay, this is the thing that you should be doing. Uh, and you know, go do this. But if you don't want to do it right now, you're not going to get punished. Like you can go unlock the entire map and then come back and do that. Like, you know, it's like, whatever, just, just, except for I glitched it out, but you know, whatever. Um, but with like No Man's Sky, it's very similar. It's like, you know, Hey, go explore the world. You don't have to do anything. You know, you have to, you, you have to do like a couple minor, like mining stuff to make sure that you have your survival. But other than that, mm-hmm. there's like, and there, in the, in with the updates, especially that have come out recently, there, there is actually a story that's being presented to you. But you're also not bound to it. I really like open world, first person games. That's my that's my. I don't know if I would call it kryptonite, um, but that's where I will lose myself. It's in. your draw. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. What about the opposite? What are the things that what's I dislike de- in a game? What's a deterrent to you? Like oh, like a specific God. like like is it like for me it's mechanics. Bugs. Oh my god. So I actually am a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed series, <laughs> but I absolutely fell off when Syndicate Syndicate came out because whole and, I, and I'm want to I want to cuss on this one that's how mad I was. Just it was not good. It was not fun. You don't need people with faces do, to talk. Oh my god. It's not even that. Like I could not get anywhere I wanted to go because things kept glitching out on me. It was just such oh, a poorly It was so and it wasn't a poorly designed game. It was just a poorly executed code because it was too too spaghetti code. At that point, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what ended up happening in the coding department and what, like, what broke it, but it was just too hard to reconcile. It it pulled the immersion out completely. And that was one of the things I've been talking about recently online on Twitter is just, I want to be immersed in the game. I want to feel that power, that, uh, that power play type thing. You want to be able to say that you are the strong person in the game or whatnot or overcome these obstacles because you may not be able to do it in real life but you have the chance to do it in a video game and if the game doesn't run well it just pulls you out of it it's not fun anyway what about you what's your kind of deal breaker for a game uh i have a lot i'm not gonna lie uh I don't like squad based. We kind of talked about that in top three. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of squad based because, again, I like. I like the immersive qualities of first person games because it makes it's it's easy to suspend disbelief and kind of get into the character. Right? Mm-hmm. You actually you know, with sure. with first person view, it's it's just it it just removes that one. It's like you know with a third person shooter. I can enjoy a third-person shooter, but I don't enjoy a third-person shooter as much as I enjoy a first-person shooter. Like Rather than, like, the Diablo top-down model. Right, yeah. And, I mean, even Diablo, it's a good time sink, but, like, I don't I don't have the same connection to my character in Diablo, any of the Diablos that I've played, uh, like I do with my character in Destiny or in even in Halo to a degree. Like, because with that first person, it's it's that perspective. Perspective is very important in, in immersion. Right. Um, that being said, like, so, like, squad base is really difficult for me because, mo- well, first off, most squad bases are third-person view, and I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, plus, it's, when it gets to be a point where it's, like, mechanics are, like, the driving factor, which is probably my, probably a good explanation of why I've not been playing a lot of Destiny, is because when it gets to a point where I have to constantly be calculating DPS, um, like I have to do enough calculations in my head for my job. I I don't, I don't play video game. I don't play video games on console because I want to continue calculating. I I play them to kind of escape from that. Um, right. And so for me, it's like the simpler, (laughs) the simpler, the better, uh, as far as that is concerned. Um, that also being said, I I am a big sucker, like I've said, I'm a big sucker for open world, which is kind right. of contradictory. I understand that. Uh, because open worlds is often where you have to you have to have a degree of problem solving to kind of, you know, progress. Um one of my pet peeves is uh when it's poorly executed illusion of open world. 
Um, and I'm going to rag on Destiny just a little bit here because that's really what Destiny is, is it's an illusionary open world. Um, because like with an open world, your decisions actually affect the storyline. So like uh, with Skyrim, if I choose to go right instead of left, that actually affects the, the story arc in that game. Um, I understand well, the limitations. Yeah, it's, it's the, well, that's a big there's a big difference between a solo play. railroaded, yes, yeah, yeah. Kind right, of that right, railroading type storytelling, which is what Destiny often has. Correct. You don't necessarily get to make a decision on do you kill Aldrin or do you not kill Aldrin right, right. as the biggest example, as, and that is the biggest example. Um, and I mean, and and so there's there's that like component uh, because it, that to me that actually breaks me out of immersion like when it's when it's a when it's a hallway shooter which you know is kind of all shooters is like point run to point a to point b it's like you know don't think about it just kind of run there um that actually breaks out my breaks me out of immersion because my personality is like i'm gonna be running and i'll be like oh what's that like i mean like i am pretty add when it comes to game playing because i will literally get distracted by something and i'll want to just walk over and look at it like because i'm like i right. want to know what's but going on with it the the this hallway shooter model though is very similar to what you had like in the old arcade side yes. scrollers oh yes yes it's really just a an evolution of that side scroller mm-hmm. where i'm the biggest one that pops into mind is the ninja turtle one <laughs> So we're going to go from Ninja Turtles to Dark Souls. Got it. Okay. I mean, in some ways it is. And Dark Souls, granted, Dark Souls, I just don't like that game. I know some people love it, and I I get the accomplishment of it. It's just such an amazing feeling, but that game. (laughs) Just no. I'm sorry. I don't want to get punished. I just want to dodge. Play. Just dodge more. I just no. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. God. Did you see? Did you see the gif of the the live action gift of the Geralt and some enemy? Oh, and it's this no. cosplayers, oh, no. and it's when you haven't figured out the mechanics yet on how to fight, <laughs> and all he's doing is dodge rolling around the guy. Oh, it's so funny. I'm gonna have to go oh, look this yeah. up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it was on Reddit yesterday. I don't know if it's still there. It was on the gaming Reddit subreddit. Anyway, the the fact that shooter games have developed the way they have with this style of shooter game, Destiny, Borderlands, shooter games that have story built into them, not mm-hmm. not necessarily like the Halo model PvP or Overwatch right, right, where there's right, right. not a story built into it. It's really the grandchild of the original arcade games where you have the side-scrollers. Um, obviously not like Gal- Galaga or anything like that because those are just more of your... I don't know what you would call kind of the descendants of Galaga or those Frogger type games. And that but I mean Galaga I would say is a shooter, like just a pure shooter. Right, um, but there's not a there's not a hallway. It's just Well no, but I mean it's, it's to a, a single screen. Right. I mean that's that goes back into the, the subjectiveness of genres though. Cause like Right. But Frogger, yeah, Frogger I think I mean maybe a platformer. Maybe. Yeah, kind of. 
I mean, it's Prince of Persia is definitely been updated to like Assassin's oh, God, Creed yeah. or I'm trying to think some of the other older games that have just Mario really defined Mario. I mean, for platformer. I mean, but I mean, talking uh, about the evolution of games, look at I mean, look at Mario. Mario has gone. Like I mean, Zelda's up there too. It's it's they yeah. they went from eight bit to you know now it's what's whatever Breath of the Wild is. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, you still have like that eight bit style game in mm-hmm. Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the original platform style or just I don't even know explorer style mm-hmm. Pokemon. I don't, I don't know. If you I don't almost say like adventure. adventure. Adventures fighting. Yeah. I mean, those are still around, and they're still big. They've just been modified. And I was listening to a TED Talk radio hour about how nothing is original anymore and how nothing ever really was original. Mm -hmm. It's just building on something from before because that's how we adapted and invent new things is you take something, you take something else, and you put them together, and it's something new, right? That's just the how inventions oftentimes work. And the video games really do follow that same style because if you think about the original video game the pong game right the ping pong game mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember if there was one even older than that well i it's... mean like so like i i mentioned i, I told you i was going to break this book out um do it she uh so so i got i just recently got a copy of reality is broken by uh jane mcgonigal and it's really i've only read the introduction i'm already hooked on this book but she actually makes the point that, like, I mean, gaming to, like, gaming in and of itself, like, the concept of gaming, not video games, but just, like, the actual, like, playing games. I mean, we have records dating back to the times of Herodotus. Um, yeah, Egypt has games. Ma- the Mancala. Uh, and mm-hmm. she she actually quotes Herodotus, and uh, it's basically, like... Uh, when Ateus was king of Lydia in Asia Minor some 3,000 years ago, a great scarcity threatened his realm. For a while, people accepted their lot without complaining in the hopes that times of plenty would return. But when things failed to get better, the, the Lydians devised a strange remedy for their problem. The plan adopted against the famine was to engage in games one day so entirely as to not feel any craving for food, and the next day to eat and abstain from games. In this way, they passed 18 years, and along the way, they invented the dice, knuckle bones, the ball, and all the games which are common. So it's, and, and kind of going back into what you're like talking about with like arcade or the uh, TED Talk, you know, mm-hmm. looking at this, like, she goes on to talk about like we often think of immersive gameplay as an escapist, as a kind of a passive retreat from reality. But through the lens, and she says, but through the lens of Herodotus' history, we see how games could be a purposeful escape, a thoughtful and active escape, and most importantly, an extremely helpful escape. Uh, for the right. Lydians, playing together nearly full-time activity would have been would have been a behavior highly adapted to difficult conditions. Games made life bearable. Well, think about like some of our top threes we've done. We've done like top three games from child children or our youths, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't remember if that was an exact top three, but I know we've discussed it before. I grew up playing card games. That was just something common in my house. I played a ton of different card games and ended up teaching one of my nieces how to play it this Christmas, um, King's Corner. But mm-hmm. yeah. games games are a way that, in my family, it was a way for us to engage with any a friendly competition that wasn't... It was focused. It was a friendly focus competition that isn't 
detrimental because you you get into the debates and stuff like that. But it was a way to engage with another person that was fun. It was just, you still have a competition. It's not like, I'm going to cut off your finger if you lose this game kind of thing. It's, <laughs> it wasn't Spoons. It's, I mean. No. Oh, my God. Spoons is so deadly. <laughs> Nerds. Nerds is deadly, too. And if any of the listeners have ever heard of the game Nerds, I am very proud of you. And I want to know who you are. And if you're coming to GCX, because if you are, I'm going to bring a deck of cards. And you bring a deck of cards, and we're going to play Nerds, and I'm going to wreck your face. <laughs> I may be a little competitive at that one. Well, and that and that kind of goes into the other thing that we were talking about is like the the attitude towards gaming, mm-hmm. um, which it cracks me up because like what you just said, you grew up mm-hmm. playing games. I did. It's just not video games. So no. like to me, no. it's like it's like well, so video game. I mean, I understand there's a difference. Like I I get that, but at the same time, there's also not that big of a difference. Like gaming is in the same genre. It's it's the same concept. It's just a different medium. Well, it's like I explain to people I don't watch TV. There's very few shows I choose to watch. And gaming, the reason why I don't like watching TV is because it's so passive. I don't actually feel connected to the show unless there is something intrinsically um, somebody... I see myself as like Big Bang Theory is the one that both Julie and I watch a ton of. We own all the seasons and we're finishing the last season now. And I see a lot of myself in the characters just because they're very, very nerdy and that's something I can relate to. But most TV shows I can't get into because I don't have that connection. Video games, I can directly insert myself into the story and really ride with it. Just enjoy. I don't know. Immersion is a big thing, and it's not necessarily escapism per se, but that engagement with a medium is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What is the most frustrating game you have ever played? Not necessarily because it was broken. No, I but know because, because it was like difficult, right? Like it's it may not have been super difficult, but you may have gotten like really stuck on this one spot type thing. Because there are God, super difficult games. There, there are a few, right? Like Dark Souls is obviously like the major one that I'm just like I don't want to go back to. But a game that was still fun that you got stuck on that so like the one that kept fighting for yeah the one that immediately comes to mind is actually god of war the original god of war um that was uh well there's a there's a particular uh segment and near the end of the mat an end of the game where you have to climb up uh these rotating discs and there it's it's basically it's it's a it's a platforming aspect within it (laughs) um and so, but it's like it's a third person game, or third person view. So um, mm-hmm. it's very aggravating because it's uh, it's very similar. It reminds me a lot of the original Resident Evil. Like the camera angle was actually your worst enemy, not the actual level. Um, and so there was that. But like it was also one of those things that when we find when I finally got like it was when I was in college, and so I was playing, and I did not know this, but my roommates had decided to have a party. And so we were, I was in my room just playing and 
I was back. I, it literally took me. I got man. It took me like an hour, hour and a half to get through this stupid thing. And when I finally got done with it, I I was like, I had been so focused. I did not realize that everyone in the party had filtered into my room and was standing behind me watching. And everyone was like, "Yeah!" And it was like it was probably one of the largest heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I've had because I was like, "Whoa, okay, there's more than just me focused on this game." But uh right. I mean that was that was one of them um you know, like the old you know, we kind of make fun of it, but like the old Ninja Turtles uh mm-hmm. just because that game is impossible. Um Right. Well, like the lava level on the Aladdin <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, apparently they remade it, and you can get it on PlayStation, Aladdin and Lion King. Both games were incredibly difficult. Yeah, Lion King, Lion King had some rough, The stampede, rough, stampede yes. level was terrible. It was and just so hor- hard. And it was so, it was so stressful. <laughs> right. I remember Lion King. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah. The stu- yeah the the jumping out of the oh my gosh that was I remember playing that at a friend's house and being like okay I'm gonna beat this but I might say some things yeah it's just I don't know there's some games out there that do a really good job of once you get hooked into them enough if you hit that wall yeah you know the other one that actually comes to mind is Ocarina of Time. Uh, because, yeah, that's a good one. Because I remember playing that. I played it back when it was like when it first came out on the N sixty four. We didn't have this cool thing called the really the internet like we do today. I mean, it was the internet was there, but it was all, it was like we didn't have like tap a tap tap you know right there. You had to right. you know all that. Um, and so, really, if you didn't have like we don't we also never bought like the the player manuals like or the the game guides we never got those Mm -hmm. and so you had to figure everything out really kind of on your own or with your like with the friends that were sitting there with you and i remember the ocarina of time the water temple oh my god figuring that thing out like with it was me uh and a friend of ours yeah donkey kong country had some of these too but like me and a friend i was over at his house and we literally i literally played that stupid temple like all night and we fell asleep and i woke up like after like two or three hours because i was so dedicated to getting and we we did it but it was like but it was one of those things where you know that that type of like playing doesn't really exist anymore because the internet kind of is around. right and there are people who will still go into encounters and try to figure them out on their own right without going right to the internet it's not like you can't do that anymore it's just a lot of people i mean game guides don't really exist in the same fashion that they no, used they to don't. not with um, wikipedia's w- or wikis now wikis make everything well, yeah. right Even there then, like the destiny guide is more of a compendium of the world oh, rather yeah, that's than true. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, the model that most game guides have moved to is just this is a compendium of the world. These are the maps. These are the enemies. This is what kind of missions. So maybe give you like the mission guides in there, mm-hmm. depending like Skyrim, I still, still think has the mission guides. And yes, there's for, Skyrim. Like, the Sky, that's major, why Skyrim's is like arc. the size of a Bible. Like right. that thing's but huge. Like, the, the thing that is interesting with... To, to your point, as far as the developer side of it, is that game design, puzzle design, has changed dramatically over the years. You still have aspects where they have that tiny little hint, but it seems like they've guided it slightly more, depending on the game. Like, Destiny Destiny puzzles are really actually not super, super crazy difficult to figure out unless it's like a raid. Because a lot of times you're yeah. building upon mechanics that mm. you had before. So you have to remember what you've done before. And then you have a new thing. And like we went into um, the Hydra clan, went into the Galran raid when, oh, okay, for day yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And we actually figured out the mechanics really freaking fast for the first room. We just couldn't execute them well enough because we didn't have the, yeah, the think, patterns down. Yeah, because I think that's the separation, right? Is It's not figuring out the mechanics necessarily. Not to say that there aren't right. difficult mechanics. It's, it's the executing of those mechanics. Because right. it's gotten and so specifically refined. Right. And I think that is the major shift from it. And interestingly enough, like if you go back and play some older games, older games are not any easier no. per se no, like there's some really challenging games back there like some the of the older of time really... is still up there oh my like... gosh uh, not even that wolfenstein is not exactly oh, easy yeah. either yeah that's true mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of like a lot of games out there that are still equally difficult they just have done it differently well because i remember i remember no when they ported oh the God. i remember it was I think it was the GameCube that they ported all the Zelda games onto, like mm. way back when when that was a thing. And I remember getting it and be like, "I'm I'm gonna go play Ocarina of Time again." And I got stuck in the stupid temple again. I was like, right. "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. "I'm like, I've already beaten you. I'm not doing this again." <laughs> like, but but it was like, I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's like there wasn't there, it wasn't like I've learned as a gamer what to think about this. No. No, it was still just, and oh my gosh, it was just like it, it's one of those things where there there are some of those games that just that really do, for whatever reason, stand out. And you know, um, let's see, Portal. Portal is another one that I know a lot of people who can't stand Portal because they just they can't get a hang Nauseous. of. I don't know if it's that or if it's they just can't get a hang of the the concept of how to to place the shots. Like, right. Because you well, have that's, to. I mean, that's definitely a puzzle game. Oh yeah, yeah. I in, love Portal. in many ways. Right, and I think that's the thing I find that I love most about games is they make you they make you think outside of the box mm-hmm. about all sorts of different aspects, whether it's the actual gameplay or. If you're if you're into shooters or in competitive gameplay, it makes you think about how battles are actually fought or how in like basketball. Like I think of a map and Overwatch very much so like a, a basketball game, knowing when to push, knowing when to pull back, knowing when to feint one direction and go the other. It's it's very strategy oriented, and then you get into puzzle games that are just completely 
built around brain teasing Mm -hmm. and how do I have to think a different way? So you're still developing not only the dexterity in your hands, which is something I talked about a little bit in top three, because there's an older gentleman I work with who just picked up video games for the first time. You're not only developing the dexterity, but you're also developing the mental gymnastics or the flexibility to work your way around some of these different things. Um, trials evolution the the bmx game it's as much about um the dexterity of your hands and knowing the how to hit a jump and how to land from this and how to best plan your trajectory to where you're going to shave off as much time as possible or like rocket league oh my gosh watching people play rocket league competitively it's such a simple game concept it's soccer with RC cars, but the stuff that those guys can do with their RC cars now, because they've developed not only the skills, but also the mental gymnastics to understand that the angles of where they need to be when, it's fascinating from a psychological and just developmental aspect. Yeah, Sorry, I think I think I ran that's... us into a different direction. No, no, but I mean, I think that's. I mean, that's true and i think that also is kind of the the strength of gaming as a whole you know to kind of start drifting towards wrapping up is like Mm -hmm. the the thing is is like yeah all these game genres have their own strengths and weaknesses but overall the whole the whole thing of gaming is really what you were kind of what you were just saying is like the the encouraging you to and and also providing a safe environment in which to think outside the box like role-playing games you know have been and they've been gaining steam recently too for uh, therapy because you can role-play mm-hmm. your way in situations that are are uncomfortable um and there's no danger in doing that uh in the role-playing well, situation i would be and this is probably going to get me in trouble but i'm going to say so much as that gaming provides people opportunities to fail in a safe way and yes. learn that failure is okay yes. and that you need to fail in order to learn and to accomplish things. So personally, I f- for me at least, I find that gaming gives me the chance to realize that I got to keep working. I got to keep going. I'm not just going to give up. I'm not just going to turn around because it's hard. I've got to figure out a different way to approach it. Right. So, and I think that's Yes, I think that's an extremely important skill set that people, you know, uh, not just gamers either. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with like, that's what makes me so uh, laugh a little bit whenever people poo poo on mobile gaming. It's like, no, because mobile gaming, a mobile game is gaming like it's it's still Mm -hmm. gaming. Um, But actually, in some some of the mobile apps, like some of the mobile game apps, failure is like it's built in like you you have to mess up a couple times to figure out the logic of the game you're playing. like you know i was talking about mahjong every Mm -hmm. single mahjong app out there has a different structure on the way that they lay out boards there is not like there's technically supposed to be logic that you know each thing has but Mm -hmm. like the thing is is that um every single app has a different degree of that logic built in. So like I, I've noticed like, and I, that's the only reason I bring this up is because I've actually run into this a number of times. 
I have three different Mahjong apps on my phone, and every time I have to remember which one that I'm opening because the logic of their structure of uh, the game board is completely different. And so, right. like, whereas one, I know that I have to go level by level to match, you know, things. On another one, I have to, I I know going in that they're going to be... You have to mix the levels. Yeah, you have to yeah. mix the levels. And I hate that one, but I also force myself to play it because it breaks me out of that that mold of my mind. And I think that's the that's a benefit of mobile gaming that you know a lot of people overlook because it's not the it's not the first person you know competitive shooting. It's like yeah, but it's puzzles. Like I mean, puzzles like Sudoku, word you know word stuff it, or uh, what's the word? I think it's Wordscapes. I think it's the one that keeps getting pushed out right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know all those things. Like there's some really cool twists on like crosswords. Uh, I think wordscapes is the one that's the crossword. It's a crossword slash word find thing. It's like, it's really like an interesting concept. Um, well, there's like words with games. There's yeah, yeah, games yeah. that are, are massive as far as like playing with a, like basically like clash of clans type model where mm-hmm. you're building up kingdoms and building armies it's that civilization model kind of thing just built into a mobile it's yeah mobile gaming is no joke i get way too frustrated and i spend too much time on my phone anyway so i can't do it <laughs> but listen stardew valley is completely legit julie has she plays it every night <laughs> Every night. She plays it as we're falling asleep. I'm like, and I'm the one with a problem, right? Like, this is this is the problem? No. It's, she has put, she finally, she was so proud of herself, she caught all the fish. Did she get all the fish? She got all the legendary fish. And I, I used to give her grief because that was her least favorite part of the game because she was not good at fishing. Yeah, because I remember, she just, uh, it was timing. who was it? Who was it? Uh, was it Tracheon that was telling us that? The yeah, challenge for the on, yeah. for the fish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Julie has finished it. She has, she's gotten all the fish, and she made sure to tell me to tell. It was um, Isakol's husband. Oh, that's right. That's right. Valley. Yeah. And I, I have been told to tell him that she has also caught all the fish now, and she's not. She's she doesn't think she's a gamer. She's a gamer. She she's just gamer. doesn't play very. She just doesn't play a lot of the same games I play, which is totally fine. She also refuses to ever pick up Destiny, except for just to make fun of Destiny and let my friends talk to her and tease her while she's running around the map not knowing where she's staring. Yep. Because completely, she still doesn't get 3D legit. world. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, that being said, you know, roll into shout-outs here. Uh, what what shout-outs do you have for this week? Um, my shout outs go to the game developers because of just the fact of what we were talking about, how games have really, in a lot of ways, they have progressed a great deal since the invention of video games in general. But in some ways, it's a lot of the same tricks used in a variety of different ways. And they're using the tools they have in such unique ways to develop not only great stories, but also great engaging um, different styles of interactions and challenging us in new ways, new and fun ways. So shout outs to the game devs. 
whether you're a AAA game dev or an indie game dev, or if you're going to pick up Dreams on PlayStation or whatever platforms it comes out on and you decide you're going to make your own games, shout out to you. Creation is not easy. Mm-mm. Um, and you know, I have, I have two shout outs. Uh, first one is, like I mentioned, I picked up these couple books. Uh, if you guys haven't read them or if you haven't heard of them, I encourage you to go look at them. They're, they're actually really interesting. Uh, and I'll be more well-versed hopefully here in the next month or so after I get a chance to read them. Um, but the other thing is I want to give a shout out green. I want to give a shout out to you, uh, because of a post that I believe you put out yesterday, I think was it Mm -hmm. yesterday? Um, Yep. One of the best posts I've read. Uh, it was extremely well done. Extremely well said. I did read it. I know. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> and that has to do with other posts that people who don't actually read it. <laughs> I love that follow-up. But, but oh, no. Um, I, I did, Apparently, I missed, I missed drama on social media, which is, I know, don't, don't everyone act surprised at the same time. Uh, but, you know given that whole scenario green had a excellent summary an excellent presentation and really i really was going i i nearly i didn't i was driving so i couldn't write it but i was going i really wanted to write being like this is why green is the person i have for co-host like this is why i'm proud to call her a co-host because you did an amazing job in putting that situation in a way that was not inflammatory. Like it, it was just, it was really well described and I just was really impressed because I understood it. And I, you know, I don't have that situ- I don't exist in that situation. Um, but it made sense to me and I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So mm-hmm. big shout out to that, uh, for, for just Thank you. that amazing thing. And again, you know, I did read it. Yay! Maybe after this, I will I will read it so people can have it as kind of a compendium on it. I don't mind putting it out for our listeners if they're not on yeah. If you do, you want to read it right now, real quick before I sign off. Sure. Uh, So this, uh, just as a forewarning, this actually has some pretty difficult details about my myself personally, and. So just fair warning, there's nothing, there's no profanity or anything like that. It's just a lot of hard things that I've gone through. I know I may lose some of you for this, and I've made my peace with that. The debate has been raging today about the visibility within the game for LGBTQ, and it has really bothered me for a number of reasons. And before you jump to the she doesn't know what she's talking about train, let me assure you I do. During my freshman year in college, I was pulled out of class by my parents who were considering sending me to a church camp designed to help redirect my quote-unquote problem. I, later that year, moved in with my girlfriend at the time and proceeded to not speak with my parents for two years. I paid for college on my own, and rent was paid for with the help of a solitary family member. I worked and went to school at the same time and am still paying off student loans. So when I say that I understand the bullying and isolation that oftentimes faces LGBTQ, I have a distinct experience that places me in that situation. Now for the argument about representation. Do I hope and encourage Bungie to have an out-character relationship on screen? Yes. 
but I also recognize there are all there are so very few relationships that have been in our faces. The most visible to date has been Anna and Cameron, and the possibility of Mara and Shax. There are so few straight couples mentioned in lore. Ikora and the researcher come to mind. And Sans Oryx and Zivu Arath. Side note, just on that, Zivu Arath is confirmed female. I had forgotten about that. There are no instances of transgendered characters playing a major role. The world of Destiny is vast, and people have found many stories that resonate with them within both the text and experiences they have had. It is still a world that continues to develop and change. Story arcs come and go, yet the core of the message remains the same. We are all struggling together to overcome not only the things that divide us, but also the things that move against us. We must unite. Perspectives change and grow with more understanding. Continuing my own story, I didn't tell my parents that they had... I didn't tell my parents that they had to be on board with my sexuality. I never forced them to do anything. For me, I was able to live my life, my best life, and show them through years of examples that I'm still their little girl. That my sexuality doesn't change who I am or was, it's just only one facet of me. My wife and I now host yearly my family for holiday celebrations and my mother, though we still do have very difficult, difficult, very different political leanings, is now loving and accepting of my wife and I. Now, I am first and foremost a person who has relationships, trials, and struggles like anyone else. The fact that Bungie has represented people in game in the same manner, not by making a show of any character's sexuality, but by allowing those characters to be them is what I am more interested in. Being represented genuinely in game as people who so happen to be trans or gay or bi is what I want. What I don't want is for the game to start becoming a political platform where the story is manipulated and mutated into agendas. TLDR. Genuine representation is great. Forced only hurts the cause. I trust the writers to continue the trend of bringing in more representation that continues to resonate and be relatable to various people. It, yeah. So... With that, I want to say thank you for your time, and until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.